All right, and good morning again, Ridgepoint Church. Uh, listen, we're smack dab in the middle of a series called Influences, and we've talked about this a lot, that for every one of us, there should be people who are a step ahead of us in life who are influencing us, and there should be people that are kind of a step behind us that we're influencing in our lives. And for me, about in the year 2004, 2005, I was a young youth pastor. We were having some success. We were doing some really cool things, and, and I kind of thought I knew something. And it was at that point that Donnie Holly became my pastor, and really for just a short time, for about a year, he was, he was my pastor uh, in a physical church church setting. But even now, 11 years removed from that, I still consider this guy to be my pastor. He's done so much in my life. I, I promise you, I would not be here today if it weren't for his influence in my life. And so we started to dream up this series, what this would look like. I said, man, there's one person I want smack dab in the middle of that series, and that's my pastor, Donnie Holly. So if you would, join me in welcoming Donnie as he comes to speak to us this morning. Thank you so much. It's absolutely good to see you. You look a lot better than the 9 o'clock crowd. I just want you to know that. I mean, how many, were any of you in the 9 o'clock crowd? Oh, well, the staff and, yeah, the people in the booth and the band and all of that. Of course, the band, what, you're here. Normally in big churches, those bands leave, and they don't have to sit through the sermon again. So, But thank you for being here this morning. Uh, I had a lot of nice things to say about your pastor and I said those in the first service, so moving on now, we don't, we don't need to re- I really don't even know what I said about you, but I'm sure that the, the most important thing that you need to know about him is sitting beside him, and so uh, that's the best thing that could ever happen to any, anyone, and uh, I'm the same way, my wife, that I've been married 44 years, and uh, it's just awesome to be able to have a partner to live life through and to go through all of those things. We actually dated four years before we got married. So uh, we've been around a long time. I'll answer two things. Now, again, I don't normally preach two services back to back. So I feel like I'm repeating things that I just said a few minutes ago, and I literally am. But you haven't heard it, so I'm going to say it again. And if you have, that's tough. You'll have to live through it. I'll answer the two questions that you're already thinking right now uh, as I'm standing here. As J.J. introduced me, he just told you that I had moved and became his pastor. uh, But he did not tell you the two things you need to know. One is I am from southeast Alabama. I grew up on a farm. You say, well, I probably already knew that, Donnie, because I've just listened to you talk for the last minute. I know you're from the country, and you're probably from Alabama or Georgia. But I grew up in southeast Alabama, and I'm 63 years old. So those are the two things. You're always sitting there looking at his picture. I wonder where he's from. And he looks old. I wonder how old he is, you know. So you know that now. I'm from Elba, Alabama, and uh, I grew up in Alabama. I was an Auburn fan until I went to FSU. And... uh, I told the first crowd, that is the only thing that I've ever found wrong with J.J. He's one of these, and everybody that's saved is one of these. This is the way you get into heaven. There's a secret handshake to get into heaven, and this is it right here. Just You do this, and you're going in. Amen? You do this, and well, there's another place for you, but we're we're not going to talk about that, and it's not the swamp. I can assure you of that. It's not the swamp. But it is absolutely a joy to be here this morning and to share with you. I have loved your pastor for all of these years. We've known each other now over 12 years. And I have seen God do really great things in his life. 
And uh, I just, the thing that impressed me most about him when I met him is he had such a positive attitude about life. And I used to think, well, he should because he's married to Beth. I mean, anybody that, he would have to have a positive attitude about life. But he's always, he just always smiled and he always had a positive attitude about everything. And one of the things that really stuck in my mind about him is that as a new pastor coming into a church that had already been established, and by the way, I grew up Southern Baptist. I've been through all the traditional stuff that Southern Baptists do, deacons and demons and business meetings. Any of you been through that kind of stuff before? Well, I just want you to know I've been delivered. I've been set free. God has put that in the past. But in that church we were in together, we did those things. And, uh, but he was always so positive. Anything I would suggest, he'd say, Pastor, that's a great idea. We can do that. And uh, I just really appreciated that so much for him being able to do that. Now, we're going to open our Bibles together this morning, and uh, I'm going to preach. Uh, I don't have the chair. They brought the chair out for me in the first service, and I thought, am I that old? Did I have to have a chair? You know, Charles Stanley, the guy that preaches on TV, is like 84 years old, and he has to sit in a chair. I'm not that old, so I don't need the chair, so thank you for not bringing it up this time. But... I want to preach this morning. I, I didn't come to, to just talk. I have some things I want to talk about, but there are some things that we need to hear God say to us today. Folks, if you're comfortable in your Christianity, I feel sorry for you. Because Christianity is not a lifestyle that we live where we just kind of settle in and go through the motions and live the life and do those things. That is not Christianity. Christianity is a dynamic life of influence. We are to be impacting the world in which we live. And, and one of the reasons we can look at our country and the things, one of the reasons that those things are happening is because we've been sitting on the sidelines sucking our thumb saying, I sure am comfortable to be in my church. We love coming to our church. We love the buildings. We love the gatherings. And we feel good here. And then we go out. And we don't make a difference where we should be making a difference. Why do we think church is a place to come and get motivated and to get excited and to get filled and to get trained to then go out and influence the world? We like to gather together and... Have you ever thought about how foolish it would be if I took out my cell phone right now and turned on the flashlight and I would hold my, my cell phone up with a flashlight shining? You'd say, now, Donnie, that's really stupid. I mean, this place is filled with light and you're shining your light in the light. God didn't call us to shine our light in the light. God called us to shine our light in the darkness. And we come in the light so we can go into the darkness and shine the light in the darkness. And that's what being an influencer is. And by the way, it's okay with me if you say amen. If I say something that you think is worthy of you saying amen, you say amen. And if you don't, I'll preach longer, okay? <laughs> uh, you talked to this crowd, didn't you? <laughs> Did he talk to you outside before you came in? <clears throat> by the way, if you want to look at the back wall, there is no timer on the back wall now. 
There was a timer up there in the first service, but there is no timer. Oh, well, he's probably going to, he's putting it up there right now. <laughs> yeah, okay. You're fired, by the way. <laughs> but I know we have to get out of here, so we're going to go. But I want you to open your Bibles this morning. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. It is inspired by God, and it is powerful and quick and sharper than any two-edged sword, and it can pierce asunder the dividing of the soul and the spirit. And the Bible has power. And if we will listen to what the Word of God says, we will have power in our lives. So I want you to look with me today at 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We've got about four verses of Scripture, very simply. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I want to give you two words today. And uh, if you can remember these at the end of the message, then you'll be dismissed. If not, we'll just have to keep going over and over until we get them down. Two words today. All right, you ready? Here they are. Mimic and mark. Mimic and mark. That's the two words that God wants to use in our lives today. Because I believe that my purpose in life can be found in those two words. I am to mimic and then I am to mark. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and in verse 16. Paul says, I exhort you. And that doesn't mean, oh, this is up to you if you want to do it. No, this is a strong thing. I exhort you, therefore, be imitators of me. Now, that word imitators, you're going to circle in your Bible. And you're going to remember it. Because that is going to be the word that means mimic. That's actually the Greek word right there. It is the word we get our English word mimic from. And so we want to be imitators. Now, look over in chapter 11. Paul adds something here, which is very important that we see. Because influence, as we're looking at, influence can be positive or negative. But Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1, <clears throat> Be imitators, there's that word again, be imitators of me. But then he adds this little bit, just as I also am of Christ. Which means that if I want people to imitate me, then I had better be imitating who? I didn't hear that. Are you all awake? Christ, thank you. Got one guy that's amen in over here. You're going to get out early. We, we imitate Christ. And when I'm imitating Christ, then you should imitate me. We need to be imitators. Now, turn to 1 Thessalonians. Just keep going to the right in your Bible. I've tried to make this very simple. Just turn to the right. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and we're going to look at a couple of verses, verses 6 and 7. But in this text, Paul is writing to a church, and he's saying to them, you've done a great job. Uh, your, your faith and, and what you do, your love, everybody's talking about you. You are a great example of what being a Christian is all about. So let's just look in verse 6. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 6. You also became, oh, there's that word again, imitators, uh, mimic. You also became imitators of us and of the Lord. That's, that's good, right? You imitate us as we imitate the Lord. Having received the word in much tribulation. 
It wasn't easy to be a Christian in those days. There were no comfortable Christians. There were persecuted Christians. And they received the word in much tribulation, but they received it with the joy of the Holy Spirit. You ought to say amen right there. The joy of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people are afraid of the Holy Spirit. Folks, there is joy in the Holy Spirit. You received the word in much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit. So that you became an example. Now here's the next word. What are the two words you got to know before you go out here today? Mimic and mark. Mimic and mark. Mimic. You became, in verse 6, you became imitators. You were mimicking us. But, but it didn't just stop with being a mimic. You've got to now go out and mark. You've got to make a mark on the people around you. So there's mimic and mark. If we're going to be influencers, we're going to have to be men and women and young people who imitate Christ or imitate others who are imitating Christ. But we've got a responsibility to go out and make a mark in our own world. Now, I did this in the first service, and it's healed up so I can do it in this one. This word, you became an example to all the believers of Macedonia and Acacia. That word example is the word tupas in the original language. It's tupas. And that word tupas is translated into our English language as the English word type, T-Y-P-E. Now, not type as that's a type of something good or that's a type of something bad. But do you, do, this is a bigger crowd than the 9 o'clock. So surely there'll be someone in here who can remember a typewriter. Can anyone remember? If you've, if you've ever seen a typewriter, raise your hand. You have seen a typewriter. That, that word that's in verse 7, listen. That word that's in verse 7 is actually the word that we named the typewriter after. The Greek word tupos is the word that we have now as type. And the reason that it's important is because that word means the mark that is left after something has been struck. And I did this in the first service, and I'm just going to pretend to do it in this one, okay, because it hurts. But if I take these fingers and strike this old flesh that I have, 63 years old, if I strike that really, really hard in a couple of minutes, what are you going to see right there? You're going to see the mark that's left by those three fingers. You see, those three fingers made a mark on my skin. And that's where the word typewriter comes from. That little piece of type, that letter, hits an ink cartridge and it leaves a mark on the paper. Folks, I don't know if you know this or not, but that's your purpose in life. Your purpose and my purpose is not just to go through life. Folks, anybody can go through life. Jesus didn't die on the cross so the people at this church could just go through life. Jesus died on the cross so we could make a mark on the world where he's put us. And I'm going to wait right there till I get an amen. 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 JJ, they don't say amen. I mean, I, I'm going to throw something out there. Come on. Jesus died so we could make a mark on this world. Amen. It's exciting to be a child of God. 
I get to go to Ecuador. Our church has a ministry in Ecuador. I've gone to Ecuador 21 times in the last 10 years. And I'm the gringo. And I go down there. We go to the same place every time. And I want you to know that Seabreeze Church in Pinellas Park has made a mark on the culture in Tupagachi in Ecuador. We've marked that place. And there are believers. There are Bible studies because we have influenced them for the kingdom. That's our purpose. That's why God saved me. He didn't save me so that I could enjoy coming in here and shining my light with your light. That's good. I love the worship. This is the worship we do. These are the songs we sing. I love that. But if that doesn't change me and motivate me and send me out to make a mark on the people around me, then I am missing the mark. And there was a pun in that, by the way, if you didn't catch it. I'm missing the mark because I'm not making a mark in the lives of people. So your pastor, under God's leadership, has called you to celebrate and to remember those influences in your life. Those men and women who've made influences in your life. And so I want to take a couple of minutes and I want to just share a couple of personal words. Because, as J.J. said, I'm 63 years old, so I'm on the way down. I've got more behind me than I've got in front of me. I've, I've, you know, J.J. now is a successful pastor. And they've all, they taught me when I was a young pastor. They said, now, boys... As you're growing older, you better be nice to all these young guys that are coming along because you're going to meet them on your way down. So that's what's happening now. He's going up, and I'm going down, and we're meeting. But I want to just say a couple of personal words to you this morning. There are people who influence our lives, and many of them have already passed on. I think about my father and how my father... My father was 57 years old when I was born. And he was 61 years old when my younger brother was born. So my father was like a grandfather to us. But I want to tell you something. My father taught me how to be a man of character. The character that I walk in today, the the ability to keep my word, the ability to be honest in all things. I took a lie detector when I was a young man. Uh, because I was going to go to work in college, I was going to get a job in like a, it was not a Lowe's, but it was some company like that way back then. And they made me take a lie detector test before I could uh, uh, be hired there. And I said, well, that's fine. So they asked me in the lie detector test, have you ever stolen anything? And I said, well, no, but I need to, I need to qualify that because... Now, I'm sure that over the years of working in an office, I could have taken a pen home or I could have taken, you know, but, but I've never stolen anything. Folks, I can stand here today and tell you, I have never stolen anything. You say, well, how's that? Because my father built into me character. Be a man of your word. Know who you are and live that way. That, that's made my life what it is today. Because my father was a man of character. And I mimicked him. And now I have marked my three sons. And I am marking 
my four perfect grandchildren. I didn't talk about my four perfect grandchildren in the first service because those people were sleeping and they didn't care. But you look like you would be interested. I have some pictures. No, I'm kidding. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. But my father marked me. And I've marked my sons. I have three godly sons. Right now, at this moment, my middle son, Stephen, is preaching in our church in St. Pete. So his old dad and that young man are both preaching at the same time. I've marked my sons. And I am now marking my grandchildren. That is what God has called us to do, folks. So just personally, think back on the... And who's marked you? You say, Donnie, I'll be honest with you. I was marked, but it was in a bad way. My father marked me in a bad way. Or my, you know those stories. You know how you've been marked in a bad way? We need to be men and women who break that chain. And we mark our children and grandchildren in a good way for God. We mark people. That's our, our calling is to, to mark people. My brother-in-law, who's now 82 years old, marked me. My brother-in-law was an electrician, and I grew up. from the, I was born when he was 19 years old. I grew up around him, and he taught me how to figure things out. Folks, I've got good common sense. Remember when we built a body shop at First Baptist? I, I, I just have common sense, but it just didn't happen. I was marked. Sammy marked me by teaching me. How to use a screwdriver. How to do the... He taught me. He influenced me. For a positive, in a positive way. My high school football coach, J.J. mentioned... Well, I mentioned that I, can, I graduated from the University of Florida, uh, Florida State. And uh, I, I, I did. I, I graduated from there. But the reason... See, I grew up in Alabama. I'm an Auburn fan. I, I grew up as an Auburn fan. But when I was in the 12th grade, uh, the coach from FSU's football team was sitting in my living room. And he said to Mr. and Miss Holly, he said, uh, if Donnie will sign right here and you'll sign here, he has a full scholarship to FSU to play football. Well, guess what? I became an FSU fan immediately and forgot all about Auburn. I mean, my college didn't cost me anything except a lot of pain and heartache, but it didn't cost me anything. But why was that? Was that because I was such a great athlete? No, I wasn't a great athlete. No, I wasn't a... You know what happened to me? I got a coach in my ninth grade year who believed me, believed in me. And Coach Akins wasn't even a Christian. And, but Coach Akins would drill into Donnie Holly. Donnie, you can do this. I was a running back, and he would say to me, if we're on the goal and it's fourth and goal, I'm going to give you the ball because I know you can score. Now, folks, if you hear that from the time you're in the ninth grade until the time you are in a high school senior and you have some strength, you have some abilities, and you have some dedication and commitment, do you know what you're going to see at the end of that? You're going to see a reward. Because he taught me to say, I can do this. And my pastor in college taught me to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Influencing. We are to influence people. Now, we're going to get four quick statements 
and then we're going to go. If you can remember, what are those two words again so we can make sure we got them? Good. We're going to get four quick statements. You don't have to remember these, just the two words, okay? But here are the four things. How do you become an influencer for good? How did I, how have I, over these years, influenced people? How has your pastor influenced you? How do we do that? Donnie, tell me, give me four steps. Well, I'm going to give you four steps. How to influence people for good. Number one, always, always, always. Let me say it to this side. Always, always, always know that someone is watching you. You are never alone unless you're living on a deserted island or out in space somewhere. There are always eyes that are watching you. That lady that sits in the cube next to you at work, she's watching you. That neighbor across the street, he's watching you. That son or daughter, grandson, granddaughter, they're watching you. And if you think you can sit here today and say, I'm not going to be an influencer, then you are from another world. You don't have a choice. You are an influencer. You are either doing it positively or you're doing it negatively, but you are an influencer. So you always have people watching you. That's why my father used to say, Donnie, remember whose name you're taking when you go out of that door. Because someone was always going to be watching me and they're watching you as well. Number two. Now that's the first one. So now number two. And I said to the first service, you cannot ever preach a message without talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. If you think for one minute that you can be a positive influence on your culture in your strength, you're crazy. And crazy is an island. That's why we say it in Alabama. You're crazy. You can't do it. My wife would say, you can't say you're crazy or shut up from the pulpit. I said, you're crazy. Shut up and watch me. Okay? <laughs> I'm serious. I, I mean, don't tell me what I can't say. I grew up in Alabama. I can say whatever I want to. If you think for a moment that you can live this thing called the Christian life without the daily, daily filling, of the power of the Holy Spirit, you are never going to be successful. The fruit of the Spirit is everything you need to be an influencer. But you'll never be an influencer until the power of the Holy Spirit is flowing in and through your life. So I, JJ, if you, I mean, I know you do this, but folks, you need, you need to be taught the ministry of the Holy Spirit and listening to God God's still speaking to his people today. Two weeks ago, I digress here, brother. Take the timer off the wall. I'm kidding. Two, two weeks ago, I had finished a sermon series on the Old Testament. It was a Bible survey of the Old Testament. And I had finished that series, and this, the last message was on the return of the captives from Babylon back to, to Jerusalem. And, and in their return, they were told by the governor to go up 
And, and I took those two words, go up, and built a, a sermon out of that and how we as Christians are to go up out of our captivities and go out of our bondages and go up out of all these things and go back and be who God's called us to be. I thought it was a great sermon, just to be honest with you. So after service, I go home, I go to wash my hands in the bathroom and to get ready to go eat lunch, and I'm standing, literally, I'm standing there in the bathroom, washing my hands, looking in the mirror as I'm washing my hands, and God said, you're not finished. I said, excuse me? I am finished. I got the children of Israel out of captivity and back in Jerusalem And God, you know I can't preach a word on the blank page in the Bible. That 400-year interbiblical period. There is no way people will want to listen to anything about Alexander the Great, the Maccabees, any of that. That's over, God. So as far as I'm concerned, that's over. And folks, God said to me, standing in front of my mirror, water still running on my hands, God said, you're not finished, and next Sunday, this is the title of the message you're going to preach. You're going to preach a message entitled, Making It Through the Middle. You're going to preach a whole sermon on the blank page between Malachi and Matthew. And I said, who do you think you are trying to tell me what I'm going to preach? But you know what, folks? I did. And God used it in a great way to bless people's lives. Now, the reason I'm telling you that. Some of you are sitting here thinking, oh, come on, God, talking to you, standing in front of a mirror. God doesn't do that. Oh, yes, he does. And if he's not doing it in your life, you better check up on where you are spiritually. Because the Bible says that God is intimate with his children. Now, God speaks to us. We live in the power of the Spirit every day. Thirdly. And this is the hard part. This is the, oh, I like the others, but oh, this one's tough. Here's the third one. We must see our purpose in life as being influencers. Your purpose in life is not to be a good wife. You should be a good wife or a good husband, a pastor, whatever. Those are good things. But folks, if you boil it down to the very bottom. Are you listening to me? Please listen to me right now. Please wake up. Listen, listen. If you boil it down to the very bottom, your purpose for existing is to be an influencer for God. I'm reminded, I I asked the first service if we could remember how many of the, the sayings of Jesus. Remember in John's gospel, Jesus says, I am, I am. He Seven times he said that. And we love his I am statements. I am the bread. I am the water. I am. I am. But did you know that there are some you are verses in there as well? It's good to say I am Jesus. I, yeah, that's great. But did you know that Jesus looked at you? Look up here at me. Did you know that Jesus looked at you and he said you are? He didn't say you might be. He didn't say, if you want to be. He didn't say, if it's convenient. He looked at you and said, you are. And he said, you are salt. And what was that other one? Light. He didn't ask you if you wanted to be salt. Being an influencer is not your option. 
He didn't say if you think you can or if you might want to. He said you already are salt. And you already are light. So church, I love you. And you're just as much my people as my people are my people because we're all people of God. Amen? So it doesn't matter. You and I don't have a choice. Our number one purpose in life is to influence this world so that thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And here's the hard question. Is the place where you work, is your home, is your world, you know, we all have a world that we live in. Is your world hotter for God today than it was a year ago? I guess I'm asking, what kind of influencer are you? You say, now, Donnie, come on, get real. I work out in the public sector, and you know that we're taught that you can't mix Religion and work. you got to keep your religion at home. Yes, you do keep your religion at home, but we don't have religion, folks. I have a relationship with Christ that goes with me anywhere, everywhere, all the time. So I can't leave my relationship at home. That was a good amen place right there. I'll wait. Listen, we, we, we think we can be neutral. Some of you are sitting here this morning saying, well, I'm doing my duty today. Today's Sunday, got to go to church, I'm doing my duty, I gave my money, I did my thing, I sang my songs, I'm going home, and the rest of the week, I'm just going to, listen, you can't be neutral in this thing of Christianity. This word is not a neutral word. That is a verb that makes change. And you and I have been called by God to impact, to influence, to bring change into our world. My wife works with a, a international company. There's 200, almost 300 people in her office, and she's been working there 11 years. And I tell her all the time, I say, honey, that's your mission field. I mean, I, I go to Ecuador three, four times a year, but you, you have a mission field in that office. That's where you need to be making a difference. That's where your influence needs to be seen. And folks, if your office... I'm going to get personal for just a minute. If your office doesn't have a hotter spiritual temperature because you work there, then I would just ask you to ask yourself, what in the world am I doing? Is that an oh me right there, not an amen? I'm serious. Everywhere I go and everything I do, I have one purpose. It's not to tell people about Jesus or to beat them over the head with the Bible. And everywhere I go, everything I do, I have one purpose. I want to make a difference in that place for God. I want to have an influence there. And Jesus did not ask me if I wanted to do that. He said, you are the salt. You are the light. Amen. All right, last thing, and we're going to go. Don't ever stop being influenced. Remember those two words again? <clears throat> Mimic. And then mark. Well, if we stop mimicking, we won't be good markers. We need to continue to mimic so that we can continue to mark. So don't ever stop mimicking. Don't ever stop identifying with or copying or, or, or being influenced by other people. 
And I said earlier, J.J. Was, is much younger than I am. I'm better looking, but he's younger. That's, that's okay. Just, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. You'll go home and say, oh, did you hear that preacher talk about how good looking he was? No, that's not what I'm saying. I just wanted you to laugh to make sure you're awake. But no, he's older than I am. I mean, I'm older than him. I'm losing my mind. I'm older than him, but he influenced me. Don't ever outgrow being influenced. I have a Thursday morning men's Bible study, and about a year and a half ago, Jeff McCauley came in and handed this business card out to our men's Bible study. And I thought, wow, he's starting his own business. That's really, really cool. Jeff and Jody came to our church, and they had moved from Iowa, and uh, they had seven children and had adopted two more children. They have nine children, and now they've adop- they have three foster kids in their home, and it's like, you guys are crazy. What are you doing? But they were missionaries for two years in Guatemala. And yet Jeff comes home from work, and at one point was working a night shift at a restaurant, working Saturdays at another job just to help meet their family's needs. And he influenced me in a great way. Every time I see him at church, I just hug him up and I just say, you can do that, guys. That's okay to hug up if you want to. You can hug your friends. And I just hug him up and I say, man, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. And I just want you to know how much you mean to me. I just want you to know what it means to me when I see you walk in here on Wednesday night for our adult Bible study and you've got on your old work clothes because he does construction work. And I know that you're tired, you haven't even gone home yet, and you're dragging all these kids in here and trying to feed them, I just want you to know that you are impacting my life. Don't ever outgrow being impacted by other people's lives. Amen. All right, I'm going to pray, and we're going to have the band come back up and close us out. What are the two words before we go? Mimic and mark. If I want to mark, I've got to mimic. When I stop mimicking, I stop marking. God will use you to change the temperature in the world where you live if you will let him. Amen. 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 All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you today. God, I thank you for this church, for these awesome people and the way that you're using them. Thank you for JJ and Beth and all the staff and all the leaders here. God, it's such a joy just to be here today and to experience what you're doing here. But God, I pray that we won't just sit here and shine our lights on each other, but we'll take our lights and we'll go out into this world and we'll make a difference because you've told us that we are salt and we are light. So I pray you will bless us as we do that in the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.